Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talked to Christy, and this is the April update for the 2X Accelerator, where Christy is trying to double the revenue for her site, which... If you have been keeping up, if you listen to the March update, she's getting remarkably close to that goal. So she was making roughly $3,500 per month at the end of 2020. And obviously she wanted to 2X that. The cool thing is in March, I'll just give you a little uh, spoiler alert and sneak peek. In March, she actually hit six thousand and traffic was up quite a bit. Now, traffic started to drop towards the end of March, unfortunately, like the last week or so, by a significant amount, enough to notice on a daily basis. And good news, traffic sort of recovered and her revenue is an all-time high. So I'll let Christy tell us about the specifics and the exact amounts. She has been documenting this each month on my blog niche site project, and she has detailed uh, reports as far as like the income breakdown, things she's working on, things that are going well, things that are not going well, and she has a very cool Gantt chart for the project management nerds out there, you could check out her Gantt chart and I mean, kind of see how she's tracking along as well as things that she's had to shift. You know, one thing with project management and planning is, you know, things change. We, we can plan things with the best information and put as much time into the planning as we possibly can. And then some monkey wrench is thrown into the spokes and you have to adjust. And that's what Christy has been doing. She's flexible and she'll adjust if she needs to. And there's actually one point in the interview where I I was, I felt like maybe I was a little hard on Christy, but she took it in the right spirit. I mean, it it wasn't mean, but I pointed out uh, what I felt like uh, was a bit of a, a flaw in her approach. And I thought, well, I would have done things much differently. And that's the cool part. I can give her advice and let her know what I would do. But ultimately, she has to figure out what's right for her and her business and how she wants to run her team and just what she wants to do in general, right? So, and and I respect the decisions that she makes as far as how she wants to, um, you know, market her products or anything, really. Before I throw it over to the interview here, I have a cool episode coming out on Thursday. It'll be the Doug Show episode 249. Spencer Hawes is joining me and we we talk about business, we talk about niche sites, we talk about running and some of his uh, accomplishments and it, it was pretty cool. It was more like he and I were just catching up and you get to listen along. So I'm really excited about the episode coming out on Thursday. Now let's get to the interview with Christy. Hey, Christy, how's it going today? Hey, Doug. Good to see you. So we're here for another update for the Income Accelerator, the 2X Income Accelerator case study. So we're through April and how did it go? It went very well. 
I was a little bit surprised, to be honest with you. After March was so good, I thought that was, it was definitely a fluke. But it wasn't. So we're so, on the up. <laughs> so where, where are we at uh, income-wise? And if people didn't see the last update, basically traffic was up for a lot of March. And then it sort of um, dipped a little bit. But then that's where we left it. So it, right. it was sort of on a little bit of a decline. So yeah, where, where are we at with revenue and traffic? Traffic did recover. I wouldn't say it was as noticeably high every day as it had been in March, but I was pleasantly surprised that on the average, we still got to, I think it was 99,000 visitors versus last month was 103, I think I sneaked over. So still really good, much better than I had had in previous months, which were closer to 70, 75,000. So still definitely a tick up, which is great. And then uh, my income for April ended up being actually higher higher than March. And it was about 6,200, 300. So that was awesome because uh, my goal for the year is to get it consistently to seven, which is now seeming more realistic and less of a pipe dream. So that's exciting. Yeah, congratulations. It's it's great to see the consistency with the revenue, especially with potentially a decline in, in traffic. And mm-hmm. we're a couple of days into May right now, and it, it looks like things are, are pretty good right now in general. Yeah. So, so with the the breakdown for the revenue, just sort of in a general sense, I think this is important to highlight. Sure. My site is almost exactly 50-50 income from Amazon affiliates and advertising. So I use a Mediavine as my ad platform. And I'm always still playing around with that because you can turn ads on and off for specific pages. Um, So last month I was turning them off for pages that I had started promoting my own content on. So new digital guides that I made. I turned off ads on those pages. So overall, there's less ads there than before, but I really didn't lose ad income. It actually went up. So that's kind of interesting. Very cool. So So about 50% from Mediavine, the other half from Amazon. And Mm -hmm. you texted me a couple weeks ago and you said, Hey, somebody actually bought one of the digital guides. So how are those uh, essentially eBooks selling for you? I have no idea what I should expect, but I sold four of them in the first month. Uh, There are low cost items. So it's eight 99 per guide. So I made about 35 bucks, but That was actually more than I made off of my Etsy affiliate, which I had always thought was valuable before. Like I've been keeping that since the beginning. So I look forward to starting a new column on my tracker for my own guides and then watching that hopefully grow too. I just need to figure out the right kind of promotional puzzle for those. How have you been promoting so far? So far, I put them into the knowledge directory that I made, which was the directory with all of the courses and resources from other people in my niche um, that was new last month. So I loaded my own guides into that as well. 
And then I added probably 20 to 30 um, graphic CTAs in specific blogs about relevant topics for each guide. And then I shut off ads on those pages. So, so far, not a whole lot of promotion, just putting them a couple of places within existing blogs. What I plan to do this month to add on is add some text CTAs, which I know you have a lot of success with. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, and then I want to basically just kind of pull some levers and see if, if anything happens to work better than other things. But yeah, that's what I've got so far. They're going to be starting to be in emails, adding to the drip sequence, stuff like that. So we'll just have to see what works. But I was just happy to see that the sales process worked. Shopify worked. The money ended up in my account. So that's all good to have when it's just a few and I can confirm it actually is working. Awesome. Yeah. In real live um, customers, not just the uh, like the test that you or right. your developer are running. So congrats. It's pretty cool when someone pays you directly and there's no uh, middleman in, in the way taking yep. their cut. So that's pretty awesome. And I think it's also cool that you sold them in such a passive way. Have you sent out any emails at all promoting it? No. Is there something holding you back from doing that? Um, so what was holding me back sort of was that I was batching a bunch of new emails at the same time, creating those with my team because I wanted to basically take all of the courses that were in the directory and group them into topics and then make new drip sequence emails based on those topics. So I'm not a huge fan of just making one-off emails over and over and over for individual things to sell. I didn't want to necessarily do that. So it took me a little bit of time to go through the 30 or 40 listings in the directory, bundle them into different topics, and then also um, tell my team, like, here's the other blog post that I want to be promoting within that email about X topic. So we were just kind of doing the whole batch of them at once. And then now we can roll them all out, put them all in the sequence and also send them all to our existing list. So that's the plan, but gotcha. it took me a little longer. And with, so I'm, I'm just going to put on my, my coach's hat, even though we mm -hmm. are, we're recording here, you set up so many hurdles to prevent you from selling your thing that I, I want to jump through the uh, camera and, yep. uh, you know, with masks on, shake you and say, Hey, wh why yeah, did you make you. it so hard? So <laughs> batching is good for efficiency in some ways, mm -hmm. but it's not very effective if you're trying to sell one thing, which I mean, I know if you sold one of the other courses mm -hmm. that maybe were, maybe it's a couple hundred bucks, mm -hmm. you could make a lot of money if you do it. So yeah. you gain some efficiencies by like sort of scaling in that way. And you can do the whole batch together, your whole knowledge mm -hmm. directory. However, if you sell your own thing, you get all the money. And then I think mm -hmm. you would probably learn more faster. And as someone who... I literally will manually launch my courses and it does take more time. But if you're not sure what works yet, you've just right. scaled this whole thing that you are unsure 
of the effectiveness or mm-hmm. if your email list is going to like it. So yeah. I, I like to test and I like to do like, all right, we'll just do this one thing. Let's ship this one thing and sell that, not sell mm-hmm. a whole big package. So I think you're, I mean, you're, you've already done the thing you're talking about, but I would say in, until you have the formula that works, which will always be mm-hmm. a moving target, um, I, I would not have scaled it or advised you to do that whole thing. I would say like just trying to sell your one product, that'll be, that'll be a bigger leverage point at this point. In would, time, you, would you send just multiple emails about a single guide or like, I just don't know what that would look like if I'm repeatedly sending, you know, like a one-off sales email to my list. Like how often do you even do that? It's totally up to you. Um, I'm super uh, conservative with it. So I will often, although I'm getting better at it, but um, before I would send just informational, helpful, entertaining, hopefully entertaining emails. Fairly entertaining. 90% of the time. And then I would sell pretty aggressively the other 10%. And as time has gone on and the market has changed, I'm actually putting some ads, which are sales oriented in my emails and I will occasionally promote something. And I see my, my peers, they're selling every say three to four emails. Some of them sell every single email. I think that's too much and not in line with my brand or or your brand or anything Mm like that. But you can sell a lot more than you think especially if more than we're comfortable with, especially if you can make the email entertaining in some way, even if the person is not going to purchase the product, Mm -hmm. you've taught them something or you made them laugh or it's building community or or whatever. There's a a lot of ways you can bring value while you're still pitching something. So, and the fact is at a $9 product, it's not as crazy like if I tried to sell a $300 product, like mm-hmm. every single email I sent, people get right. totally sick of it. So I would potentially, you know, send those one-offs. How, oft- how often are your autoresponder emails going out? We have a sequence of about 10 that go every week, I believe, once someone signs up. So I added, well, I just had them add another probably 10 to it. So now it would be 20 over 20 weeks. Okay. So if you wanted to add your product into the mix, does that mean it's going to be 20 weeks out before they get it? Um, Well, no, because we would add it to the drip sequence for new people, but then we would go ahead and automatically send them to our entire list right now. Okay. So we do it in both. Okay. But if a new, if a new person signed up for your email list, they would not get it for 20 weeks. Cause it's at the end of the list. Well, I think we could reorder them. That's a good question. Um, I will look at that. I have not pursued that, but yeah. so yeah. Th- these are all issues I've dealt with. So there, mm-hmm. there, you should be able to reorder them, but then yep. you are going to run into the issue. Hey, what if someone just got Already that got email? It. 
yeah. and then you resort it. It right. turns out, don't worry about it. It's not going to be perfect. People don't mind. You're lucky if they open the email. More mm-hmm. people did not open the email than opened it, even right. for a very fantastic uh, list that's well-matched. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. You can send them the same email again. You will drive yourself crazy if you try to surgically like reorder it and make sure that you don't send the email to a person who received it before. Literally, just don't worry about it. As long as they don't get 50 emails in one day, they're going to be okay with it. And I think the other thing I could do is just add the promos for the guides to all the early emails too. Like I don't even know if I have to reorder it. If I could just add them in yes. and leave the order as it is, maybe. It's such a low, a low cost yeah. item. Like it would be perfect to put in, check out some of my recent emails where I have sponsors in there and stuff, but yeah, you could put in a little section. Hey, do you like what mm-hmm. I'm doing? Do you want to help support me? Here's a guide. Right. Um, I would love it if you purchase. It doesn't have to be a, and it could be just at the end. So if someone's really engaged and they read the whole email, maybe they have yep. a look. So, sure. um, so overall, I think mm-hmm. um, you have an opportunity to send send an email to like sell something. You have uh, how many people on your email list now? Like twenty four hundred, I think. Awesome, and you're growing at roughly ten percent per month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is amazing. I mean, that's really, oh, yeah. yeah, that's really I have no good. Idea. And I mean, the thing is, uh, you've, you've been able to, you know, create that autoresponder. People are engaged. I can't remember, um, in your update, if you mentioned the open rate or click through rate or anything, do you have a handle on that at all? Um, I have not looked that up lately. But I can say like 95% of our signups come through the single pop-up that we have for MailerLite that is a, you know, subscription and it has a little, um, a little carrot on it of a free tool, basically, that we give out. So that seems to be working. Uh, and then the other like minuscule amount comparatively is from the static sidebar um, sign up. So I don't even know why I still have that, but it's there. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, most of them are just from that single pop-up. Okay. Got it. So I think overall, um, back to the the email thing, probably um, if you add a little promo for your mm-hmm. own product in the, say, every fourth email or every third yep. email in the first 10 or however many it's expanding yep. to, and then as you have more digital guides or the courses, Mm -hmm. then you'll have the opportunity to make sure that the promo is in the best aligned email topic. Okay. All right. And okay. So another thing that you've been working on is like an actual online course. So how's that going right now? So I finally chosen my topic. That took me longer than I thought, but I wanted to kind of make sure that it wasn't already done 50 times, you know, cause it seems kind of like a basic topic for my niche, but in everything that we have in the directory, like no one is doing that. So it seemed like a good fit. So I picked that. And then I actually have a team that is helping me with 
the whole course development. So it's a friend of mine. I kind of talked her into offering courses for my niche because I think it's a great idea. And a lot of people would buy them because they don't want to make them. So I'm kind of her test case that we're doing. So I filled out some questionnaires for her about the content. And she just delivered back last week, basically a user journey that is kind of a detailed outline of every module and course and what it should include. So I can now take that to my Upwork writer and get her started on the draft of the content. But my goal is to get this thing live by July 1. So not that far, but I think that's enough time. Where I'll probably end up getting a little bit stuck is how to launch a course. I have no idea. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't know what that process should look like. So that's probably going to be all of our coaching calls from now on. <laughs> but I don't know if you have any, you know, introductory shortened versions of what a good launch looks like or doesn't. So, because that'll be my, that'll be my summer project for sure. It'll take a few iterations for you to figure it out. And one of the good things is by then you will have already tried to sell your digital guides a little bit more. So you'll have an idea what works there. One thing you can do is sign up for some people that you know, like the email list of people mm -hmm. that you know have courses that can run you through a funnel and see what that looks like. You will see people, you know, testing and doing things. Some launches suck and you'll kind of go through and see the ones that work versus the ones that don't work. In general, I... I like to send out a few emails the preceding week or weeks that sort of prep the teasers email subscribers that uh, actually not not teasers exactly, but just th let them know that they they will be getting a pitch soon. And the yep. the best way to do it is sort of guide them to the point where the next logical step is to get the course. So you have to think a couple of steps uh, b before they would actually need the course and then kind of mm -hmm. lead them to that direction. It, yeah, it, it depends on specific courses. I, I've done sort of the same thing for multiple courses. Sometimes it, it doesn't work as well. Sometimes maybe it's the wrong audience or wrong timing or something like that. Other times it's just a, a couple other um, things going on that are, you know, maybe there are tweaks you can make on a sure. technical level. Maybe it's like a payment plan or something like that, that changes the offering. And mm -hmm. then that makes everything different. So, but overall, I think one of the biggest mistakes is people will just send out one email and, and try to make it a, a launch email, but oh, really uh -huh. you have to prepare the audience to okay. receive that information about the launch. Otherwise, it's just a, a sales email and they won't pay much attention. So it's, it's great to have like a narrative that threads its way through a series of emails and has, you know, some ups and downs and some open loops. So they want to read the next thing. Do you, when you have a new course that you're pitching or like the mini courses that you've done that are a bit more specific, like list building or kind of things of that scope, do you then go back through your blog and put in a bunch of 
calls to action for it? Or do you even sell it that way? You know, is it mostly much, It's email, email. Okay. And, and I was talking to a friend who he's a, a lot, he's far more advanced and has a much bigger email list and, and mm-hmm. he's a successful person. And I think he has some calls to action on his blog and he gets, you know, a lot more traffic than me, like 15 times the amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. So it's significant. Um, yeah. But to answer your question, I don't okay. really mm-hmm. put that many calls to action. In fact, I was looking back at my blog and um, I saw that I'm linking to an old course that I don't even sell anymore, oh, right. like 50 times. And it literally, it almost doesn't even matter. Like it didn't impact anything. I sell huh nothing directly it's all through email and uh-huh. my, my friend he said yeah basically the email is where i make most of the sales because okay. if it's on you know if it's on youtube people are distracted and I, it, right. people do sell stuff on youtube of course but mm-hmm. it hasn't worked for me and i i i don't know how i don't know yeah. how to do it on youtube but emails yeah. people open the emails and then they're not as distracted do you do any Facebook ads for courses or no. digital products or anything like that? No, I, I tried some ads on Facebook, but being the make money online industry, it was just right. kind of sleazy. Yeah, it was weird. And I, I just, I was like, this, yeah. this is not enjoyable and mm-hmm. I'll just go slower. Uh, one thing that happened with mine is that I would get all these comments, um, people hating on the ad or whatever, um, your industry is different. So uh-huh. I think it potentially right. could work really well, uh, especially you can have those ads on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I mean, right. I think it'd work really well. well for that I thought about trying one for the guide just because it's low hanging fruit and, you know, ads are cheap and yeah, maybe just to test it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all relative. I, the ads could be, <laughs> they could be expensive, but yeah. it depends on what you're advertising and how right. you're targeting. So yep. the hard part, I think, well, how much are you going to charge for the online course? Well, I don't know exactly. <laughs> um, it's going to be what you and I discussed is kind of like a mini course. So four modules, four lessons each. So 16 kind of blocks. Um, But I feel like maybe, I don't know, 200 bucks maybe, or sure. I really have no idea. I just, I guess I'll look at the directory and see what's similar. It seems like the courses that are similar size that I'm listing for other people are around $150. So maybe something like that. I mean, it it's by no right. means like, yeah, it's not like the big transformational type of course. Like it's not like your big course that I took from you. Like it's much smaller, more, you know, more specific than that. Um, but I'd be happy if somebody, you know, paid 150 for kind of a mini tutorial on a topic. I think that's pretty sure. good. And I probably should have never said mini course because it's just a course. <laughs> it's just a smaller topic. I know. But yeah. it seems more attainable when we say mini. <laughs> so, so it mentally works for me. Okay. So 
it, it is just a course, especially four units with four lessons each. That's pretty, I mean, that's a good chunk of content. Now, is it going to be a video course? So I might have a couple videos to go with it, but it'll be primarily written. Um, and I think that's okay. It's not like a, it's not like a how to type of topic. So it's not like how to, how to go sailboating. Like it's okay. nothing like that. So okay. it's more informational than tutorial. Got it. So in that case, I think, so vid- video you could charge a lot more for. Okay. So I think having some video yeah, interspersed some. Hmm? Okay, and who who is going to be in that video? Is your team going to do that? In theory, it would be me. In theory, I'm not sure I want to, but you know <laughs> how I am in that video. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so you'll figure that part we'll out. Figure that part out. <laughs> and I mean, but you, you can hire like people. I know. I'm not above that for sure. And I do have a friend that does videos. So I may, I may call in that friendship, Um, but there'll be like some worksheets per module. There might be like a couple of little quizzes. So there will be other interactive parts to it besides just written content, but um, it's not going to be like a full video course where everything is video. Okay. Perfect. And and I think, I have at least one course like that where it's mostly written and then there's mm-hmm. some video in there. And then I think all my courses, there's at least a couple lessons or pieces that are written because that's a better format right. to consume it. Or sometimes things are more fluid and they right. will change mm-hmm. over time. It's a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. to do a new video, but it's pretty easy to update some screenshots or text. And sometimes it seems like you will do kind of like module openers, like intro videos that aren't necessarily in the weeds and then cover that in the written content, which I think is good too. Because the other thing I could do is some more like animated slide style video. And that would be more easy to update. So I could do that too. And we have a quick word from one of our sponsors, Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S dot global. They have age domains with link juice behind them and excellent branding. I'm going to tell you about uh, one that caught my eye this week. And that one is moneysideoflife.com. This has fantastic branding in the personal finance space and money. It really caught my eye because I am starting a a new podcast with my buddy called Mile High Fi. And we're talking about personal finance and money and lifestyle and all that stuff. The thing is, this money side of life is really brandable. It has some amazing backlinks. And the cool part is the monetization capabilities and options that you have with a site like this. So there's a uh, services section that they had in the past, an online store. And in general, 
the the previous the original iteration of the site was to help young adults prepare for financial security, which is uh, ongoing and kind of a timeless topic. So I think there's a lot of just options for monetization. And the thing is, the financial industry is, uh, well, they have a lot of money, (laughs) which goes without saying. So you could, for example, refer people to uh, credit cards that have good rewards points. And maybe they get bonus reward points for joining using your link, and then you get points or referral fees. And the other part is, I mean, if you just run ads and have tons of informational content on your site there, you potentially could just earn a lot from display ads. If you have referrals, that's even better. So I think it's worth taking a look at. The original site was uh, started in 2006, which... For the math people out there, you already know that's 15 years old, which is pretty old. That's a pretty old site. They have uh, quite a few backlinks. They have 137 plus referring domains. And I was just looking over here on Hrefs. It looks like there are 110 do follow referring domains. I would look closely at this site if you were interested in the personal finance space. You can get an additional well, not an additional, you can get $100 on your account if you use my affiliate link and check out ODYS. That's otis.global. There's a link in the description and I really appreciate them sponsoring the show. Cool. Any Anything else with the course? Um, I don't think so. I guess I'm just thinking the directory that I made is kind of a good practice run for having my own course. So I would like to figure out the promotional puzzle on that one because I didn't actually sell any of the courses from the directory last month, which was its first month in existence. However, I was seeing traffic go to those pages and click through to the providers pages, which I think is very good. And at some point, right, I can't control whether someone likes another person's sales page. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing I can do to make them convert more once they get there. But I do like seeing the traffic is going there. So I think for me, it's just increasing the amount of traffic that gets to the directory pages is the biggest thing that I can control. All right. And similar to your digital product, how are you promoting the knowledge directory currently? I've done almost nothing. (laughs) Um, I have a static sidebar promo graphic right now. And then I added it to the main navigation and that's like literally all I've done. So I have much work to do on actually promoting every individual course. But for me, that means going back through all of my blog posts, which were now up above 400 and strategically putting in the relevant courses for those topics. So I'm hopeful that that would be impactful, but it's just something that is going to take me a while because it's 30 or 40 courses, 400 blogs and kind of doing the mix and match. So okay. it's going to take some time. Again, I feel like you're putting up hurdles that are unnecessary. Well, plus email, plus plus email. <laughs> I should throw them out there. Yeah. Those are in the works. 
So I think all you, in the simplest way, I think you can send out, and because you could send out a broadcast email to everyone. Mm-hmm. So yep. you could send out an email. Hey, I put together this knowledge directory with all these different courses and, yep. you know, check it out. We'd love to get your feedback on anything. We do um, have that email built, just not sent. <laughs> why, why are you putting everything in the autoresponder and not sending emails out? real time um it will be sent to everybody also so i have two emails built that are kind of the announcement style yeah. so one will go to the 2400 people we already have and the other one gets dumped into the sequence um i was waiting to make sure that all of our urls were not going to change for the directory um just to make sure i wasn't going to do like different pretty links or whatever sure so anyway that's just okay that's how it works. Okay. But they're built. They will be sent. Promise. <laughs> okay. Promise. All right. Well, and I'm definitely guilty of sending out emails to something that's incomplete or not done or imperfect. But I, I sell a lot of shit. So I, I, I'm okay <laughs> well, with it. <laughs> and you suggested, which was the right idea, to like strip ads off of all the directory pages, strip the sidebar off. You know, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I wanted to do and that, that before I sent. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's true. That's true. Part so, of it is that I'm yeah, like paying for my life with the site. So I, I don't have like the level of, I need to sell everything right now. I'm kind of like, this is cool. It's working on its own. Like it made yeah, $6,000 yeah. by itself, which is kind of amazing. So if I can make, you know, the extra $800 gap at some point in the near future, like, that's bananas. It'll so yeah, I mean, just not have the the sense of again. The emails will go out. Okay. Soon. And I, I um, one thing I understand. First, I understand that makes sense. the The other part is um, after, as you know, working in a corporate environment, there's the bureaucracy and just the slowness of everything. And one thing I love is I can get an idea and then sell a course next week. Or I could think, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to send out that email this afternoon and I I can just do it. I don't have to wait. You have a lot, you have a bigger team. There are Mm -hmm. those layers of delay and you're more of a perfectionist. So it it all, my impatience is um, I see why it's different on your end. So I understand. Well, you know, you make more off of your sites than I do off of mine. So I think you still get to win that. (laughs) And um, that, you know, the way you're doing it is pretty darn valid. So once I, once I skip you in that line, then maybe uh, we'll do it my way. But yeah, I think it's okay to, uh, to probably add a little extra speed and do it slightly less perfectionist potentially they all work everything works so um one question that i have on the promotional piece for the directory so basically every course that i have in the directory has its own listings page and then i click through using affiliate link to the providers page right so when i'm doing it in an email should I be sending people back to my knowledge directory page from where they have to click again? 
Or should I just be using the affiliate email that I have for that person's course and sending them straight there in the email and skipping the knowledge directory? I would skip your site. So the, okay. the more hurdles yep. that you have that, that you put up, um, it's just going to hurt the conversion rate. So okay. you, you could put your generally the information that is on your page basically uh -huh. in the email. So it serves okay. that purpose. The, the only thing to consider is whether or not the affiliate doesn't want you, or sorry, the affiliate program doesn't want you to put uh, that link right, in the like email. Or like Amazon. Yeah, which Amazon right. so stupid, right? They're, they're the only ones that don't want you to sell the product <laughs> yeah. in your email. Doesn't make any sense, but yeah, basically everyone else will say, yeah, send them, yeah. send traffic my way. People that are interested, we love it. Right. Send us more. So, right. Okay. I just wasn't sure about that for email purposes. And I guess the same thing would be true in my blog calls to action. Like, would you link to the knowledge directory if I'm already on my site? Like, you if saw my for the guides. So things like that, if that was someone else's course, would you just link straight to the course or would you link to knowledge directory? If you have content that'll prep them mm -hmm. to make the purchase on your review, mm -hmm. maybe you've linked from some post and they're marginally interested in the topic mm -hmm. Maybe there's not a ton of overlap and you need to put them in the right state of mind before heading over. Mm -hmm. Then I would send them to your review first before sending them over. So okay. there's no right. right answer so for that. Conduct, I will update those. Yeah. Okay. Right. And yeah. And any, anything else on the uh, knowledge directory? I don't think so. Um, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about in general was kind of this web core vital stuff that I'm hearing about. And if you think that's super duper important to the future or why, like you sent me a tool that I'm going to try to improve my scores and all of that, but like, that's just something I don't know anything about. Okay. So in, before I answer that, I will backtrack just thinking of the knowledge directory and mm -hmm. the the fact that a lot of people have gone there. Some people have clicked through. No purchases have been made. No sales. One key thing is having the, the right traffic interested in actually making a purchase. So that could be the disconnect, right? So buyer's keywords, essentially. So if you just have random traffic, it's going to convert at a much different level than people that raise their hand and they're searching for the blah, right. blah, blah review on this course. So that could be one of the huge things. Okay. And it's, you have to have like a giant volume to make um, sales if people aren't right. asking for it specifically. Okay. So one, one thing, number one, for the core web vitals. So that was going to be pushed out in May, 2021. It looks like it's gonna be at least in June or beyond. I've heard people say it'll be like, you know, e even further, a few months out. <laughs> one, one reason why I 
put you in touch with the the service, which we'll I'll I'll share more about mm-hmm. once you get some results from it. Because you have ads on your site, because you have a lot of other plugins and a lot of functionality, it's extremely slow compared to other sites. And when you have display ads, it's just going to be slow. There's some real-time auctioning. There's multiple calls. There's sometimes, do you have videos playing on your site? There's a couple. There's not a ton. So videos, overlays, some other things, it's just going to slow things down. So that's one of the reasons. And I think just ignore the web vitals. Your site needed to be spruced up in some capacity because of that. Um, With the web vitals, I am uh, largely, uh, I'm a headline reader in in a lot of ways. So there are certain, I'm, I'm learning more about it, but essentially it's a user experience situation. And for the most part, I feel like this is purely my opinion. Mm-hmm. If your site is loading pretty fast for most users, most of the time, it's probably going to be okay. Even if you have ads and you're not like the worst site in yep. your sort of core cohort, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I have some very fast loading sites. It's fairly minimalist. People can go to an itch site project and run some tests. Yep. And my site loads pretty fast, but when you go look at the core web vitals, sometimes there's uh, there's like the first contentful paint or the largest, con- oh, uh-huh. there's a couple acronyms right. there. And my site still loads in like half a second, but mm-hmm. I'll get knocked for like the largest paint. And I'm kind of, con- I'm a little confused actually, because yeah. the site loads so fast um, most of the time, but they're showing like real users. Apparently the core web vitals takes into account real user data. So apparently um, very editorialized here. Apparently a lot of people are probably looking at my site on their phone on really shitty connections. Mm-hmm. So right. it's loading slow and maybe they're right. um, e- even with yeah, the CDN, So I'm like, I I don't know how to control this. Even if it's a page with no images, I'm getting like sort of shitty scores. So um, interesting. Yeah. Because so much of my site traffic is mobile too. Yeah. That I hadn't thought about where they're accessing it. Yeah. So if they're, um, you know, in a place where they have a 3G connection and an old phone, yeah, it's not going to work out that well overall. Okay. So I hope Google accounts for that. (laughs) You know what? I I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but will Google like push the update out. So it either means that they thought that us webmasters weren't ready or that they weren't ready in some capacity, maybe a combo of the two, but you know, like I said, I, I think when you peel back everything, like if you generally have a site that loads pretty fast, faster than mm-hmm. your competitors, you've worked on it, um, it's probably going to be okay. I'm not too worried for my sites in general. I will probably try to improve a couple things, but and there are services out there like the one I hooked you up with. They're essentially going to like clean everything up, optimize images, do all the things that are kind of a pain in the butt. Right. Okay. Okay. Then I will not panic about it. Yeah. I figure uh, I'm usually a wait, wait and see how it turns out. And they've been talking about the site speed and how important it is for so long. But when you, and I've seen 
some studies, again, I'm very much a headline reader. You see big sites that maybe have ads and they have uh, a horrible, like single digit Google page speed insight score and they're ranking for tons of stuff. So obviously- Okay. I mean, Google tells us that it makes a difference, and I I believe that. But how much of a difference? Maybe it's very small. Maybe not a weighted difference. Yeah. That's a, okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. So one other thing that I just want to touch on. So I know you were doing another content sprint, and mm-hmm. can you tell us a little about that? Sure. So my plan overall for the year was to do a content sprint, uh, basically January through April of 50 new posts. And then to do another one kind of late summer, early fall, that would be about 25 posts. And those would be more focused on holiday related stuff. So more of like the the buyer's intent kind of post or product reviews or things like that. Because I do see a bump every Christmas, which is nice, more so last year. And so I wanted to maybe do a little bit more specific targeting for holiday stuff and seasonality that I don't normally do. The 50 posts that I did um, recently were more cluster posts. So cluster content, which is a phrase I picked up from Market Muse. Um, so basically figuring out the topics in general, where I want to rank higher for some bigger blogs that I have, and then basically building supplemental content that's relevant to those topics links back to the bigger posts that I'm trying to rank higher for that are tougher. And I mean, again, I can't tell exactly what gets me to $6,000, you know, but it was a big enough jump that I feel like between the types of new content I was adding, the optimization I was doing through market muse of existing posts, you know, all those things were kind of happening at the same time in early 2021. And clearly something's working and nothing is breaking what I'm doing. So I'm going to keep doing that. (laughs) Very good. That's awesome. And what, one other thing I want to highlight. So you, you said there's about 400 posts now. That are live. Yep. Just crossed 409 last night. Okay. And we were talking earlier and you have a much smaller percentage of affiliate review type content. And, and I can't remember, do you, have you mentioned sort of the breakdown? Like if you just had to estimate within 15% or so? Yeah, I would say... So I would classify, I guess, differently product reviews versus buyer's intent posts. So I have a lot of like, you know, top 10 insert product here, whatever. Like I have a fair amount of those, probably maybe 30% would be that. Probably five or 10% might be actual product reviews. Like I do very little of that. And then everything else is informational. So it definitely is more on the informational side and I have very little like dedicated single product type reviews. Okay. The buyers guys, those count too. So you're okay. probably at like, okay. you're probably at like 40% or whatever. Okay. okay. I was surprised cause you're making so much affiliate well, wise. So yeah, I was floored. Like your product review, I just think like 
I bought this lawnmower and here's the thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't do gotcha. tons of that. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, no. If, if you're selling okay. stuff, then you're selling stuff. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was curious. So 400 articles and you probably have like 150 to like 180 things where you're trying to sell a product or review a best of or whatever. That seems fair. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So any, anything else that wasn't, uh, working this month? I mean, it's just that I haven't quite cracked the code on the directory sales, but again, like I have not put in the work on actually selling stuff. Like I did the bare minimum to get it launched mm-hmm. the last day of March <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I wanted to include it in my update, you know, motivation. Um, so April, like just got busy for me, frankly, with like events and stuff. And so a lot of April, like my site just had to hang out and keep making money on its own, which I really like. So I wouldn't necessarily say that was bad. Um, that's what I needed to be able to do. So. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Congrats again on another big month. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, it looks like it's, I mean, the growth is amazing and I'm looking at the revenue graph and the revenue chart here and it's, it's just nice, right? upwards yeah i mean if it continues <laughs> yeah. with that slope and trajectory mm-hmm. i could actually hit this goal doug yeah I'm i mean i think it, is there any seasonality in your niche there's really not like i do see the december bump because of just you know mostly amazon mm-hmm. uh, but no like i don't have a lot of seasonal content my niches year round so awesome yeah and i mean i see the december jump and then a little bit of a drop but then you exceeded <laughs> that so right i mean in december i think i hit 4900 something like i was so close to getting over 5 for the first time and i would have been happy if i had gotten to 5 again by like june or july this year like that's where my expectation was. Um, so to be largely ahead of that and actually kind of close to my ideal 7k month is bananas. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think I told you if you were started selling your own products and figured that portion out a little bit, there's a good chance you'll be way beyond what you thought when you figure that out. And if you're publishing more content and your traffic's growing, then you're just going to hit that probably not probably if you didn't do anything for the next three months, you'd probably hit it just with all the work you've done already this year. Right. I feel pretty optimistic since it's the existing revenue channels that have gotten to six, 6,000 already, you know, whereas all this extra work that I'm putting in behind the scenes on like the directory and guides and course coming this summer, like those are all extras. So if I could even reach my, you know, two X income goal without any of those things, then I feel pretty good about getting to the next step. I didn't even plan on in 2021. So pretty cool. Very awesome. Well, one thing I'll leave you with, I keep thinking of things I needed to tell you. Um, So final thing, and we'll close out with this is you have good relationships with some 
people mm-hmm. with large audiences. So one thing that you potentially could think about on a small scale, maybe test it with one mm-hmm. or two of your contacts, is to s- sell that digital guide. And chances are, let's say they're a YouTuber. Well, they're not mm-hmm. making that much on ads. So if you pay out 50%, and okay. you know they sell a few of those like it's a lot yep. more than if they actually yeah, like point. got a lot of views on i mean adsense yeah. pays almost nothing it's pennies okay. unless you get a ton of views so it, yeah you may be able to get them to promote it and then you'll have partners in the future when you're rolling out these new products when you have your bigger course like people mm-hmm. will already be ready to work with you and they'll you know oh, that's a good point Affiliates. Okay. You should do that as well. Okay. Thank you. All so right. far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll catch up with you next month. Okay, cool. Thanks, Doug. It's always great to catch up with Christy. She takes so much action and the growth on her site is pretty remarkable. She seems to have dodged any huge negative impacts from any of the algorithm updates over the past two and a half years. She's had some little hiccups, but the fact is it's been growing consistently. So even when there's an algorithm update where it did sort of negatively impact her traffic, it just looked like it wasn't growing as fast. And then the next update potentially would come around and then she gets kind of a traffic bump. So overall, it's just, it's been amazing. And like I said, she takes so much action. It's just a pleasure to uh, coach someone like that who follows through, is so organized, has a team and has the skills to delegate really really well. So if you have any questions for Christy that you want her to answer in the next episode that you want me to ask, or maybe she can go even more in depth for some of her blog updates. She does write roughly 2000 words per month for each of these case study updates, tons of details. She'll let you know what's working, what's not working for, and all the stats behind it as well. So if you want to know anything, feedback at Doug.show. And I can, of course, talk to Christy in uh, early June. We already have it on the calendar. I'm getting a little bit more organized. I'm not sure why I was delayed sometimes. Like back in, in March, I think the update episode came out like the last week of the month. And uh, that was just silly because we know it's coming. We know time's moving forward every second, every day. You know, it just moves on. It's pretty deep, pretty deep. All right, well, look out for that episode with Spencer Haas of Niche Pursuits. And if you hung around for this long, I'll give you a little scoop. Uh, Spencer potentially is stepping back a little bit from his podcast and YouTube. And we talk about that and kind of dig in to the details. So that's, that's a scoop. And again, if you, if you hung around to the very end of the episode, look out for episode Doug show episode 249 coming out on Thursday. 